live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. What is up? Welcome on in. You are listening to Wild Card Sports on Clear Lake Today Radio. I'm your host as always, Will. Back at it after a week off. And look who we got back. We got Chuck. Chuck Adamas back in the building. Chuck, long time no see, man. Long time no see. Uh, good to be back with you guys. I just can't do that 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 uh, China Zoom. Oh, come on now. Yeah, we yeah. were trying to get you on we were trying to get you on the Zoom for for a while, but yeah, you were you were Firm yeah, stance against it, but con- conflict of interest. Got to leave it at that. Yeah. Well, hey, we're glad to have you back in studio. We said it last week, or I guess two weeks ago. We're not going to have Chuck or Chuck uh, Stephen back for until about mid June. He said at this point. So wow. yeah, we got to hold it down until he gets back. He says his season won't open up till then. Yeah, that's apparently so. The wife's got him on lockdown. So uh-huh. hey, yeah. But hey, uh, Evan, the suburban menace, back on after two weeks, and then hey, we've got the other roommate, Tyler Tanner. Yeah, you probably know him from a couple of those quarantine specials. Guys, thank y'all for coming on. Good to be here, man. Good yeah, great here. to be back. Well, were we not on last week? No, we were out of we office off. last week. We were That's off right. last week, yeah. yeah. This di- the, the thing about quarantine, man, it's flying by, I do have to say. These weeks, man, are just mushing together and... It is. It's it's ridiculous how fast this has how, how fast this has moved. Like we thought that it was going to go by extremely slow with quarantine, well, but... Well, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll drop off my four kids and you tell me how slow it is. <laughs> Oh, yeah, your, your roommates are at least over at ten years old. You know, Chuck, we we've been talking about this, and we are very we are very fortunate that the the coronavirus, all this quarantine, happened at this point in our life because you know we we we've all got roommates. There's three or there's four of us, and you know we're inside playing games all day, hanging out, cooking, and you know I, I'm sure it's a far cry from being at home with kids and everything, just having to hold out with that. So you know what? This is the best time for us to you go know, through it, the quarantine. But, but in, in all in all truth, uh, it's been a blessing for me because um, uh, I've lost ten pounds. I'm back running running like every day, and uh, mentally it's good. It's bad for the kids, but like you said, it's, it's coming back, right? So uh, sports are coming back. We're I guess we're gonna talk about that. Sports are coming yep. back. We're back here live uh, or on a in a you know a round top the uh, the nights of the round table. So. You know, things are getting back, so let, let's do it. It is good to be back, Chuck. I'm I'm glad to hear. You know, you're 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 working out. You're ten pounds less. That's a far cry from where I'm at. I put about I at least 20, 25 pounds on since this happened. No gym open. I don't I don't know how to do the home regimen. You're man. young. You're young. That's the difference between four kids to take care of and three roommates who take care of you, right there. That's that's a twenty pound right. difference. Oh, very true. Oh man. Well, we got some stuff to talk about. Two weeks ago, we were on uh, Chuck Tyler. You weren't here. Me and Evan talked about it. Of course, sports really ramping up the talks to return. Uh, NBA looks like they're about the closest out of the three major sports in America, the closest at least to getting back. But, man, we're two weeks further from what the last time we talked, Evan, and right now it's looking just like it did two weeks ago, at, at least for baseball. MLB struggling to find any type of momentum to get back at this point. You know, last time we were on the show, we talked about it. The proposed the proposal from the owners at that point was a 50-50 revenue split be- between them and the players. Uh, they they laid out what that financially would look like. At least the top tier players, the Justin Verlanders, guys getting thirty plus million would be ma- would be capped out at about seven eight million dollars. Guys getting closer to you know one million dollars a year, they're they're not going to lose as much. They're going to be around four hundred thousand or so. But I'll start with you, Chuck, since you haven't been on. Mm. It looks like they've got a firm no from the players on this one. And Chuck, the thing is that I'm looking at this, and yeah, obviously the owners have all this money, but. At this time, you can't expect owners to put a product out there where they're going to lose money on. So am I wrong by looking at this saying the players 
kind of look like the bad guys in this. Well, you, okay, you got to figure out what side you're on. You're on the business side of things or you're on the players' uh, side of things. Don't forget there's a third unit involved as well as the, with the umpires. Mm-hmm. So the umpires' union is one of the strongest unions in, in pro sports, okay? Uh, so we, we can't, we got we to think, think about that as well. The minor league systems also function on a different revenue stream. Yeah. So there is a lot of, uh, I guess, wood to chop on this. Uh, if you if you ask me, I think it's I think it's a tra- uh, a travesty and a tragedy at the same time where you have the players making such a verbal stance against their product, mm-hmm. against the ownership. Because now I understand the salaries. I know you got to get yours, Snell. I know you got to get yours, Harper. I, I understand that. We all understand that. But right now, it's not about self, and I think it's really about the. Uh, uh, about the uh, the fans, mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes you just got to take it for the team. No pun intended. So it's it's really just a sad state of affairs when the third or fourth most popular sport now in America mm-hmm. is going to do something again because three strikes later they still haven't figured it out. Yep. And uh, here we are. They already got a tarnished uh, World Series champion, another champion that's been questioned, and now you're going to throw your dirty laundry out there. I think it's just really a shame. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you look at this, and I mean, the, the, you all, you always talk about this, Chuck, the Pandora's box, what this is going to open up. I mean, we're coming up on a new CBA in 2021 for baseball and uh, for major league owners and the Players Association at this point. So we're talking about some serious long-term ramifications, a lot of distrust that was already there, but now this is becoming public, how ugly this is getting. It just seems to me that, guys, there, there's a compromise to be made here, but Neither, or well, I really, I guess the players at this point are unwilling to make any type of concessions. The players are saying they want that prorated salary. They're saying, you know, give us 100 games, we'll play 100 games, but we need that prorated salary. It just doesn't seem like the players are willing to make any concessions at this point. And I don't know about you guys, but I mean, this is not a good look for the baseball players at this point. And you mentioned the, uh, Chuck, you mentioned the minor league uh, players. They just last, yesterday, uh, last night, cut 100 hundreds of uh, minor league players and they plan to cut hundreds more and mm-hmm. i think they're gonna cut up to a thousand so there's a thousand baseball careers ended yep so it's gonna be harder to get more players. how many minor league baseball players are there there is a, there's lot. a lot there is yeah. a lot of systems i mean we're, we're looking at about six different teams six different minor league organizations with uh each team so what's 32 times six times uh what 25 at that point so that's how many minor league baseball players you also are. have independent league as well so uh-huh. um mexican league is also involved the problem is you know it's a no-go you know why because if, if the minor leagues have to shut down how are you going to field your major league team and roster so if you shut down and basically uh close the minor league uh ballparks and the organizations and not feeding them any money showing any revenue and fans aren't going then if you start the baseball season Who's your roster? I guess do you go to the forty-man roster mm-hmm. automatically? I don't know, but I think this is a dead issue anyway. I think they're having to just chalk it up to bad PR and just try to work on next year. But you do have a bargaining agreement that mm-hmm. you have to work out. It's just a bad look. I mean, we could be talking about no baseball for the next two years. That, possibly. Well, that's what I my next point was going to be: is when does this end? I mean, you already have economists talking about this disease possibly coming back next spring or next winter when it cools back down. There's different opinions from everybody, but. If you're a baseball player, it seems like the MLB's done everything they can to mitigate risk. I, I just don't see where's the line they draw. Part of me thinks this is a business play, and the players realize they have all the power, and maybe they just want a bigger slice of the pie, and this is their way to negotiate it through. But it seems like they're just not willing to even negotiate. Like I, I you like you said, it's been two weeks. Where have the talks been? Yeah, I and mean, that's the, the concerning part. There has been talks, but the players are firm on this prorated stance. And I mean, MLB released, a, you know, I think a sixty-page or sixty-page essay, whatever you want to call it, to the players basically showing them, if we give you prorated salaries, we are going to lose money at that. So, and the other the other question I have is just, 
I, I don't understand why the players don't realize what this could do to give them at least a little bit of leverage when it comes to the new CBA. I mean, if they were willing to give a little bit in this, and you know, if the, if the top players, the Mike Trouts, the Justin Verlanders, took from their thirty million dollars salary and were said, "Hey, well, we're willing to we're willing to forego this." but on the condition that we're going to be taken care of when it comes to the new collective bargaining agreement. It just seems like this is creating a further distance between the owners and the players at this point. And we, uh, like I said, the new collective bargaining agreement in a year, you think all that stuff is just going to be mended within the next year? I, I just think this is a very, very bad state for baseball right now. And I, I don't know what the answer is because there is a compromise to be made. But I don't know. What do, I mean, do you guys see anything happening from what where they're at right now? It's just such a weird idea that there wouldn't be baseball, you know? I just, I, 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 can't, I can't imagine they're not, this is like a multi, this is like a hundreds of billions of dollar business deal that's on like the edge. And if you look at it like any other company is gonna make this deal, like an Exxon and like a somebody, it's, I feel like at the end of the day, they're gonna pull the straws they need to get this thing done. But I don't know where they go. I, it feels like they were pretty rational in what they offered the players to start. So I, I, that's the question, where do they take it? Yeah, and the morale boost it could be for the country too. Baseball coming back on July Fourth, and yeah. the world, it, know, America's depressed. It, so where are we at on the July Fourth thing? Well, well that, I uh, mean, that's I mean, I, I don't think we're anywhere near that happening. But the the, the, the other thing is, I mean, we're already in the talks. NHL's coming back. Uh, basketball is going to be coming back. Football is probably going to start on time, with or without fans. If baseball is the only sport not to not to come back. I mean the fan the the fan backlash that there's going to be to these players is going to be exponential and it's going to be terrible for these guys and it, it seems like these guys are are willing to sacrifice that for their salaries at this point. Here's the problem. The problem is this: in about a month, we're not going to talk about it anyway, and that's what baseball's problem is. Because in a month, we got football, and football mm -hmm. said, "You know what? They're taking a cue from baseball, saying uh, we don't know yet, but we're opening." And they keep that mindset: if we're going to be open for business. Um, I don't know how they're going to seat 80,000 people uh, at Reliant, me being a season ticket holder as well. But I'll tell you one thing they're not going to do. They're not going to have restrictions. Mm -hmm. I guarantee they won't have restrictions because they see what's going on with, with Major League Baseball. And Major League Baseball is just is actually the test market for the new season. This is all new season with everybody, right? Mm -hmm. So even the, even the NHL said, you know what, we're just going to have playoffs. And the word playoffs gets everybody invigorated, so we'll be fired up again. Baseball just needs to shut it down and figure it out. They'll have a six-month head start to figure it out because obviously they haven't been able to figure it out. And that's why we have these stoppages, these scandals, steroid issues. They just can't figure it out. They can't get out of their own way. So just in my opinion, in about a month, it's not going to matter anyway. And football and basketball are just leaning back and they're going to reap the benefits of this. So, and you know, and you know what? I still think the XFL will be back. And that might mm. even help the XFL because – the XFL folded. McMahon says he's not going to bring it back, but there's other interests because U of H is being asked right now if they still want to host an XFL team. So maybe the XFL becomes more enticing than baseball. Baseball is just screwing the pooch right now. And it, the, being the oldest sport, it should be the most popular, but it's yet to get that popularity. And um, football's going to reap the benefits of that. They had the best offseason when this pandemic started. Baseball had a bad deal, but they still can't get out of their way. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, you know, talking about, you know, the work stoppage and everything, but I mean, baseball, at least, or if, if I'm the players there and the players obviously want their prorated salaries, we talked about this two weeks ago, Evan, 
And you know, we we said, is this is this the players' association just taking a stance to try and get the best possible deal they can to say in the media, hey, we're not going to do the 50-50 split. But no, after negotiations start, they're not willing to do that at all. And we're getting to the point where MLB owners are out there. It's on record. MLB owners are saying, well, we honestly, if we would rather just have a canceled season at this mm-hmm. point. So this isn't the players taking a stance in the media as far as trying to get the best possible deal. It's them saying they want the prorated deal or they don't care to play at all. And, and it's just and the owners won't lose money. The, the owners, yeah, I mean, the they're owners, not going to. So obviously, the prorated yeah. thing's not going to get done, right? No, I mean, I don't see how it could. I mean, the only thing that they, that could possibly happen is if the the player if the players agreed to some type of uh, pay deference, like the owner said, okay, we'll we'll get you the rest of your you salary the Bob, in the future. Bob yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll we'll defer your payments for the next twenty years for yeah. this season. But oh, happy Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, yeah I know, right? Gosh, that guy's raking in the dough. Not even playing for the last ten years. But yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I just. I don't understand why the players are so unwilling to compromise at this point. And it's just such a bad look for a sport that really has been struggling to gain new fans when it comes to the last, you know, 10, 15 years. What about this idea then? Um, since the affiliates are, uh, minor league affiliates are separate, you throw it out there, why can't they have the uh, minor leaguers come up and the replace, like, like do the replacements? Scab, like the scab players. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. It might be a little out of, out, of, out of context, maybe, perhaps. But I wonder how the independent league down here, for example, mm-hmm. the Skeeters, how they're going to handle it. Uh, I guess the bottom line is, like like you mentioned, um, the the prorated salaries. I, th- I think it's just uh, uh, both sides. They should have probably at this point figured something out. Just get them on the field. Get them on the field. They have the the first opportunity to get something on the field, and they can't even do that right. Mm-hmm. Think about that. They can't even do anything right with that. I watched Korean baseball last night. And I saw Dan Striley play for. Um, Former Astro, yeah, Dan yeah. Australia. I saw right. him play. It was t- first. Uh, it was it was uh, him and uh, another American pitcher. First head-to-head pitching matchup in South Korea in like four years or something like that. Mm-hmm. I stayed up at two in the morning to watch that last night. That's how <laughs> desperate I was. So, I, I've been right there with you. Well, right there with so you. So on that point, and we talk about sports market shares and where these other people, like like you said, if people aren't watching baseball, they're going to jump more into football and more into basketball. Do you think there's room for an alternative league in baseball, or do you think? That it, there's just won't be a season, there will be no baseball to watch. Because you're watching Korean baseball over here, Chuck. It's obvious that <laughs> if they put a baseball product out, people will watch it. I'm sure they will, but I mean, I guess obviously we're no market analysts when it comes to this. I don't know what the interest level is going to be in what in replacement players. I'm sure it's going to be something, and it might be worth it for the owners at this point. But I mean, there's a lot of logistical work that's going to have to go because. The difference, we talked about this, the difference between the NBA and the MLB is all the MLB has to do is conclude their season. They've got to get a playoffs in there versus the MLB has to go through a full season, mm-hmm. full playoffs at this point. So the MLB right now is a, logis- a logistical nightmare, not to mention, of course, the minor league teams that you brought up, Tyler. I mean, there's a, I, we don't even know what it's going to look like if baseball does get out there. I mean, we start off with a 25-man roster. Is that all those teams are going to have for the entire year? We're not going to have any – we're not, obviously not going to have any September call-ups or anything. And it, it, you can't just expect a player to be sitting on sitting on his butt all year and then come up and be able to play. So there's it's just a logistical nightmare with MLB at this point. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they want to put all that work into some type of you know replacement scab league or independent league if they're not going to get the best of the best players out there. So it, it just remains to be seen at this point. So I mean the the one question I just I, I want to kind of transition to this real quick. The one question I have is right now players have a very very bad look right now with all this going on. So there is one team out there that uh, you know went into this offseason already uh, with a scar on their eye and not, not looking too good. 
It, you know, if I'm if I'm the Astros PR right now, do you think it behooves them at all to, to say, hey, why don't you, why don't if Justin Verlander, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, why don't you go out there and make some tweets about how you guys really want to get on on the field and you're willing to take some pay cuts, uh, all and go out there in the media and basically say to the fans out there that they're willing to play. You think that you think that might gain some some fan love back from uh, other fan bases at this point? If Jose Altuve goes out there and tweets that that hit by pitch bet that I was talking about earlier, where it's like 100 <laughs> Astros, that's going to shoot up to 200 right away. That I'll is that, that is a good point. I didn't think about them possibly alienating the rest of the baseball players association, but. What, what if they did this? What if they came out there and they were like, okay, Justin Verlander, I'm willing to forego my entire salary this year to disperse it among the league, and that could be their punishment to help get get the MLB back up and running. That sounds real nice. Well, would you would you give up your salary at work to help out the rest of your coworkers in the troubling times? Uh, yeah, I mean, or? Obviously, yeah, that's that's the tough question at this point. But if you've got all that money saved up anyway. I mean, we could have the same argument with all the other rich players that are refusing to play right now. I'm so. just saying the Astros could get some good PR back. I don't think that that's, I don't that's think the, crazy. Well, I, I thought you were going to go with the fact that the PR is kind of gone. Like, I, no one's really talking about a scandal while there's a pandemic going on. And I think if we get baseball back, people are going to be so excited to have baseball back that really the Astros scandal is not going to be a topic of conversation anymore. Oh, that's no. what I believe. What do, you guys, what do you guys think? I disagree. I think this I think this is going to be a black eye on the Astros for quite some time. If we're talking about the one sport that does not forget, you know, past whatever, you know, past mess ups and everything, it's baseball. I mean, baseball has held Pete Rhodes out of the Hall of Fame for however many years. Like, baseball fans and baseball writers, they don't forget. Yeah, and unless there was, like like you said, Verlander just gives his whole salary away, there was some very extremely generous offer on the Astros. I think any social media talk of the Astros would just find give something people to lash out against. I think people want to find that. Like Max Scherzer uh, was tweeting about um, how he doesn't think – he basically said the Astros thing wasn't that bad and have people lash, lashing out against him because – you know the Red Sox mm-hmm. might have been cheating. They didn't find conclusive evidence, but they were. He wasn't even. You know, he's not even Astro, and they were lashing out. But if Astro started, yeah, may, may, out, maybe, maybe maybe the best thing for them to do is just keep quiet at this point. Yeah, because yeah, if, so. if the players are going to continue to to rack up this bad press at this point, then maybe they just need to stay quiet. But you know, this is all really really depressing because you know we didn't think about it a few months ago. I mean, a few months ago, we we're talking about well, let's get to that July Fourth date. You know, we we didn't we didn't concern ourselves with any of the logistics of any of this returning. Uh, but now at this point, I don't know. Uh, real quick before we move on, I mean, are we going to have a baseball season, Chuck? You think? Uh, no, no. Chuck wow. almost says no. Wow. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you still got to. Here's the here's the biggest problem. The biggest problem is um, the free agency is going to be a. A, a, a negotiating um, a big negotiating pawn for the players and mm-hmm. right now if I'm a free agent to be I don't want to play yeah I mean you're going to go out there rush a product on there maybe get an injury if I was George Springer I wouldn't want to play so I mean yeah. it's going to be two way street here I think sometimes it's like when I had the bar there are days that are just not worth it to be open mm-hmm. and so you might as well just take your loss now I think Major League Baseball owners were smart they would shut them out and say you know what we're not going to go they would save more money in the long run if it's going to be a business decision just to say, you know what, let's just shut it down and figure it out. But, um, I mean, I, there's nothing that any team, any individual could do to make it better. If the Astros went out there and just gave away money, they'd say, oh, now you're making us look bad. Mm-hmm. Look at you, trying to be the good guy now. So I think, like you said, just let it fade. And it goes back to what I've talked about many times. Tell me which sport is more scandalous out of the major three. It's right, baseball. Right now, yeah. Always right. baseball. Absolutely. Always baseball. What is the one thing that was scandalous in the NBA? 
Maybe Jake. Um, I mean, betting Rex. on games. Betting, betting yeah, on games. Yeah, 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 Jack Donahue okay, or whatever. That's yeah. one. But yeah. they also that's did, it. That's, that's their it. one skin. That's it. That's yeah. it. Right? Has there ever been a strike in basketball? Not that I can remember. Okay. There's been strikes in football, but football, you know, rectified itself and took care of itself. Got rid of the free agency the way it was back in '81, and now we've been pretty pretty solid. '87 was a hiccup. Nothing. All right. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is that baseball scandals will never be forgotten. From the like I say, the Black Sox to the free agency, Kurt Flood, up to the three strikes we've had technically, and now this, so and a lockout. So this uh, is gonna be bad. They it, just need to shut it down, be done with it, wait till next year. Even next year, man. I, I just it, it, we're talking. I mean, I think we're gonna have a holdout. I mean, th- this you know, th- there's gonna be a work stoppage because of the new CBA. I mean, the the MLB players at this point want to completely blow up the system that it is right now. There are so many different things, and if you talk to any of the veteran players, they're saying. 99% chance, and this is going back before the coronavirus, they said 99% chance we are going to have some type of MLB lockout at this point. And I don't know. I, I just, I, it kind of seems like we might be watching the crumbling of an American pastime, an American major sport at this point in front of our eyes. And it's just, it's so disheartening to see this. And, you know, the other thing that you brought up, and this is kind of local to us, but, you know, if we don't have baseball this year, we could have watched our George Springer. the last. We might have already seen George Springer's last game as a Houston Astro at this point. There's just so many sad things that we've seen at this, and I don't know, guys. I, I just feel like they've got to find a way to get baseball on the field, or otherwise they, they're taking a chance of really losing the sport to the American people. I mean... The- it's either going to be they're going to televise some sort of inferior product, like you said, like the Sugarland Skeeters will start to be on FS1 or something like that, or they're going to get a, a ragtag team of B group players to play a 50 game season. But that's just, not going to be enough. That's not going to be enough I, to hold I agree the American audience. It's not going audience. to be enough, and it's not going to hold the American audience, but the American audience is watching Korean baseball right now. Like, that's where, yeah, yeah I mean, it, well, Chuck, you're not the only one. Like, millions, of, they're getting millions of viewers. What percentage so, of of avid ba- Major League Baseball fans are watching Korean It depends baseball? on, well, it just depends on the, well, not Korean Not baseball. enough to justify how much it's going to cost to get the, them logistically it running in America. It will depend on the product that they can create here, how much viewership they get, obviously. But they're going to produce something. They're going to produce something by September or August and have some sort of shortened season. I mean, even even other lockout years, like we've seen this before, and, and I was looking this up because I knew NBA had one, but in 2011, the lockout missed like 60 games because of the because of how far they had to push back the season. And that wasn't because of sicknesses or health issues or anything like that. Like, it's not like the players don't want to play anymore for an average salary or the way the old system was. It's that there's this new variable that's causing them not to play. The, the problem is... There's a lockout versus a strike, okay? Nobody plays any owners to go. Nobody plays the, to watch the owners play ball. They play. They they pay to see the players strike. That makes people upset. Lockouts make it even more crazy. Lockouts are when the owners say you can't come in, right? That's the that's the problem. You can forgive a lockout, you know, or forgive a strike. You can't forgive a lockout mm-hmm. because the owners say you can't come and use our facilities, and the, and then the players are like, hey, we want to play under the agreement. So there's a big difference here. So now what I was getting at with baseball is now they there is a stance being made, and now the owners are against the wall, and they're going to lock out the players. So if the players can cry, hey, we were locked out, versus we went on strike, I think the strikes are the ones that really make the fans upset the most. So a lockout's one thing. A strike is another. 
Yeah. I just think the owners will put a profitable product out there, no matter what it looks like, and I think they can get that together. I, you know, it's not going to look pretty. Evan, I, you know, I, I think I disagree with you on this one because the other thing, the other aspect that you're you're not acknowledging in this is if they're putting another product, if they're replacing that player, so that's just one more crack that they're putting between the relationship between them and the players that they're trying to. They're essentially saying they're replaceable. The fact is, the reason that this coronavirus is so devastating to baseball is because of the new collective bargaining agreement that's coming up. MLB and players have not been this far apart when it comes to you know uh, stances in, in, when it comes to the new collective bargaining agreement. And this is just a major chip in that relationship with the coronavirus with, where the owners are not willing to make any concessions. Players aren't willing to make any concessions. And that's why this is so concerning because we're literally looking at this with the possibility of not having baseball for a couple seasons unless the players and owners can come together and have some type of agreement. And if they can't come together on this to come back to play baseball when really it seems it seems like America needs it most at least or at least all the other sports are doing this, if they cannot follow suit with that, how can we expect them to come to any type of terms when it comes to the new collective bargaining agreement? Why they literally want they want to re- completely blow up the system. Well, because in a year or two, supposedly, if coronavirus is gone, it'll be much more profitable. And that's the issue right now is the money. Yeah. And that's why players aren't playing is because they're not getting their slice of the pie that they want or, or the pie isn't big enough in total. Like it, it seems like the owners were willing to make concessions in the portions that the players were going to get paid, but there's just not enough pie. So I think in a year or two, hopefully this thing is gone and the CBA and all that other stuff can kind of go to the wayside because there will be more money to distribute among the players. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying baseball is going away for good, but I just I think baseball as we know it, as far as, you know, as profitable as it's been, as great as it's been, at least for us who are avid baseball fans, I I just I don't I think that I think that that's kind of going away. And I mean, I I hate to say it because I love baseball more than any other sport, but I really think that we could possibly see baseball sink down into that that tier you know because right now in america you got football you had basketball and, and baseball and they were always competing for number two i think baseball is going to fall far down to a distant number three maybe even be down there with nhl at this point as far as you know fan interest and viewership unless they come to some type of agreement or something on this because it's it's getting really bad uh all right well uh, that being said uh i guess that does it for our depressing news of the day you know let's move on to something a little bit more happy at this point nba we're finally we're finally getting into the logistical talks of what NBA returning is going to look like. Obviously, a far cry from where baseball's at at this point. But guys, the players we talked about it two weeks ago with Evan. The players came, got on a phone call. They really made a unified stance that they wanted to come back at this point. So right now, we're going to talk about how the NBA is going to come back. Uh, a few days ago, Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, had a conference call, not to obviously put anything into motion, but he wanted to get. Uh, kind of the uh, reception as far as how the, the NBA owners, uh, players would like to return to action. So it seems right now that there's about three popular ideas that for NBA to return. So uh, option one, uh, have some type of regular season to conclude it. Uh, do the same, do a playoff, possibly uh, getting rid of the conferences and just having a 1 through 16 seed. Uh, there's also the kind of revolutionary idea, have the World Cup idea, where they basically do the group play. Uh, and then obviously the top seeds at that point get more favorable of uh, more favorable groups. Um, and then uh, of course the, the the third one at that point is to have a play in tournament for the seven eight seeds pretty much go straight into the playoffs. So uh, guys, I, I'll ask you this. I'll start off this before we get into the reception they had. What do you like? What do you think would be the most entertaining way for the NBA to return? Which one do you like the most? Well, for the regular season one, I know there's a lot of backlash already from the players because there's a lot of teams that 
have no hope of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they don't want to play risk injuries just to not have a chance at the playoffs. So I feel like that one would be shut down the quickest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the idea of a 20-team playoff, just going straight to the playoffs. 24 doing like the NHL is going to be doing? Or 20-team. Yeah. 12, oh, from, 12 from the West, 8 from the East. Okay, wow. Or, right. Well, they were talking about the group play idea, which I really liked, which, like Tyler said, it's, it is 12 teams from the West and 8 teams from the East right now, but it's just the top 20 records mm-hmm. in, the, in the NBA. And that I like for multiple reasons. One, everyone cares who's in. Two, it's more mixing up of the regions, so we get interesting playoff matchups, quote-unquote, that are like Celtics and the Rockets, which we're never going to get in our lifetimes. So it's kind of a new twist. And I feel like, like I said, I mean, it's going to reduce all the players. They can stay in a campus-style thing to do this tournament. Um, It reduces infection, and everyone is going to be on board because everyone who's involved is going to be playing and playing for a championship. So I I think it helps. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like the group play idea, and you know, Chuck, I'll I'll let you answer. But the the only problem I have with the group play idea is, you know, it works great for us as Rockets fans because we're middle of the pack. Uh, you know, I, I think that that favors the Rockets. But if I'm a team like the Bucks or the Lakers that have had this distant number one, uh, you know, a, a big uh, lead as far as the top seed, it really kind of diminishes the having the best regular season record because you're in there and it comes down to what these how how many however many games there are in group play. What is there four four through eight, eight eight four to eight games basically in there? And then on top of that, you're taking a chance of bu- the Bucks or Lakers getting pitted in this group play action where they could be with some really tough matchups on there. I just don't like how it diminishes the regular season that they've already played, but I do like it as an idea overall. But Chuck, what do you think? Okay, so I'm not too familiar with the the three options, but I'll say this. I kind of had a theory where um, you'd have group play amongst the seven or eight to ten seeds, Mm -hmm. all right? And that way they have to fight for the last spot or two in the playoffs. So what I would say is you have your your preseason for all the teams – have your seven through ten or eight through ten seeds play the group play mm-hmm. while that's going on. Your one through seven, one through six, how you want to do it. They have an exhibition season to get warmed up. All right, that's that's the privilege of being mm-hmm. legitimate. And I'm talking like the top. We're not mixing and matching. We're just going to take the top uh, seeds from each conference. Mm-hmm. Leave the conference in there because that's more revenue. If you just shut it out just to the west, not the east, you know there'd be some east coast criers versus the west coast. So. I would say have a play-in tournament there. While the play-in tournament's going on, then your your top seeds that do not have to worry about that pool play, you know, get warmed up. That's a privilege. That's you know, and then the first two top two seeds get buys, uh, and then uh, you work from there. That's what I think should happen. Well, Chuck, you're you're onto something there because I mean, the play-in tournament at this point seems to be the most favorable idea on that call. So they basically had the call, and again, this does not mean that they're going to set anything in motion based on this. This is just Adam Silver wanted to get. Uh, the type of reception that these guys think. So only about 25% of those of the NBA owners were in favor of them having the group play idea that you like, Evan. Uh, but uh, over 75% of them were in favor of having a play-in tournament for the seven and eight seats. So essentially one through, you know, one through six is locked in. And then for those final two seats, they have some type of play-in tournament. It seems, and like you mentioned, Tyler, it seems like none of the, really none of the players at this point are in favor of any type of regular, or any type of regular season return to action. So, I mean, we could be talking about this in a couple weeks, NBA returning straight to the playoffs, which, man, I'll I'll tell you what, it's going to be great for viewership, but I am just, I'm so interested to see what it's going to look like as far as the players coming out there. Rusty, obviously, I'm sure they're going to have some type of exhibition matchup, some type of tune-up, but... This is, I mean, this is this is fun. This is unprecedented territory. But I'm just of the mind, you know, 
it we're we're at a point right now where they NBA can try anything they want. I mean, this is I mean, this is never gonna, hopefully never going to happen again. So why not try something crazy? I like the group play idea, but at the same time, I just I hate how how much it diminishes the regular season records of these teams, the Bucks, the Lakers, but I think I don't know. I think it'd be interesting. Well, I mean, that really the first or the I I forget what option order you did them in, but Chuck's idea of the play-in tournament is probably the most sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, this is kind of our one and only opportunity, and it just sounds fun. It sounds crazy fun. So actually, I have the brackets loaded up. If you guys are interested in hearing like how it would all play out, yeah, right well, here yeah, give it to us on the one on twenty. This is for the this is for the group play, for the group play, yeah, for the group stages oh, of everything. Somebody and, and it works somebody out. W- well, there's like there's one or two groups of death that are kind of you know the middle tier teams, but like when you're so just first grouping Bucks, Jazz, Sixers, Grizzlies, Blazers. Oh, and if you're the and, Bucks, but ooh, but if you're brutal. the Bucks, you're playing a team that deserves to be like a seven or an eight seed, like a, a Grizzlies, a Blazers, and a Jazz. Who you should you should be able to beat all three of those teams if you're the Milwaukee okay, Bucks. Okay, what, what are the Lakers? Uh, the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Miami Heat. The Rockets, the Magic, and the Pels. I, I mean, it's a little bit more dangerous, but if you make it out of the bracket stage, you're automatically in the semis. Like, there's eight teams left after this stage, and that's that's just kind of what's interesting about it. Uh, so those are the first two groups. Then you have Raptors, Celtics, Thunder, Mavericks, Spurs, which I think probably has the most parity. I have no clue who would come out of that, which interests me. Uh, and then you have group four is the Clippers, Nuggets, Pacers, Nets, and Kings, which is kind of a snoozer division. But at the same time, like I feel like you could sort and work this out. And it's just so different than anything we're used to that it, I, whatever product they put on is going to have record numbers, obviously. So they're probably going to go the safe route. I would just like to see them mix it up a little bit, I guess. I'd like that too, but I mean, if I'm sitting there, if I'm the, if I'm a Lakers or a Bucks fan, I'm saying no. We've earned that matchup oh. to 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 basically have the first round by essentially to have the the Magic in the first round uh, or the 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 Grizzlies for the Lakers at that point. And, so and that's just the tough thing to overcome. Well, and we're talking about everyone's making mountains out of molehills of everything that's happening right mm-hmm. now. You probably want to go with the absolute safest, easiest yeah. idea that no one's going to disagree with, and I think the play in is going to probably be the way to go. So. Yep. At this point, they just need to get money, mm-hmm. money yeah. in. So I mean, like they just got whatever's easier. Somebody's got to concede yep. and just get it going, because whoever goes in first is going to basically save the American interest as far as sports is concerned. So, you know, what, they got to get on the court quickly. Um, football needs to get on the field without any interruptions and 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 take advantage of baseball's futility. Yep. And um, I, you know, I think the tournament a- aspect will attract a lot of people because I'd watch the seven through ten. Oh know, yeah, kill each other while we'd watch anything. You know, at I this mean, point. this yeah. is true. This is true. But I think that hopefully after this is all said and done, some great ideas come out. It's just like everything else with the pandemic. There's been some great ideas. Was it Mother Necessities is the uh, is the inventor of all future things uh-huh. or something like that? Something whatever Benjamin Franklin said. But the point is that <laughs> something something I, I Joe Biden that bad boy. <laughs> so the thing is that something's going to come good out of this, and hopefully we can get rid of our horrible NBA playoff system. It's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's a dreg system. Get rid of the, the divisions at a minimum. Mm-hmm. Get back to conference play. Make it regional like it's supposed to be. That way you don't have somebody stuck in the Eastern Conference. At least make the first round the, five games. Ma- like, yeah, gosh. I mean, wh- whatever the case is, they've got to come up with a better plan for next year. I think we're going to see it. I think this is going to be a – 
uh, the positive part is going to be there's going to be some new ideas, and I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to it. Really am. Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree with you 100% when it comes to that. And, you know, you mentioned it. You know who's sitting back just enjoying watching all of this go down right now? NFL. I mean, they NFL is going to have the exact playbook for how to return to action. They're getting to watch the, the MLB at this point self-destruct, and the NBA really find a way to get back on the field. And on top of that, the NFL didn't miss any of their season. They got their Super Bowl out there. There doesn't look like they're having to make really any cuts at this point. So, man, you know, NFL is reaping all the benefits from all of the futility going on right now. You hinted at it, Chuck. No chance of seats, though, right? What was that? People going to the games. Oh, I don't know. There's no way, right? It's, it's going to be impossible. I mean, yeah. I don't see – you're talking about for football yeah. or baseball. I mean, they, they have to let everybody in. My wife already told me. This is yesterday. Matter of fact, I'm glad you brought that up. She said, I'm not going to a game having to wear a mask. And I said, I can't cheer and drink beer in a mask. And I said, okay, uh, I think that you're right, but I don't think they're going to have that. I really don't. There's no way you could take temperatures of 80,000 people walking in there. You just got to suck it up, buttercup, either go or don't. There's no you – put, you put any type of uh, provisions or any type of stipulations or rules and regs on people, what do they do? I'm not even going to go political here, but we saw what's going on in Minnesota. I, I would agree with you. You know, yeah, you can't do that because the next thing you know, you have upheaval. Right now, we need a savior. We don't need somebody that's going to regulate anything, especially football and our sports. Mm -hmm. Those are things we have outlets on. We have a bad day. We put on the Astros game at 7 o'clock because you work late. Or you go to Sunday and blow off some steam with your 4-12 with your and 12 team like we're going to have this year. <laughs> the bottom line is they cannot have any of that stipulations on the fans. They welcome back, welcome back with open arms, take advantage of the situation, roll with the punches. We make decisions on our own as a society to go or not. Why are we giving the responsibility to the ownership or the players? We just need to take responsibility for our actions and go or not. That's it. If it's half empty or half full, how you want to look at it, that's the way it is. Roll with it. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, at this point, I mean, you can put disclaimers on the tickets. You can say, you can say, we highly suggest if you're over a certain age or if you have underlying health conditions, we highly recommend you don't come. But I'm with you, Chuck. At the end of the day, you just got to give the people the choice whether or not they want to go. And there are going to be idiots that go to this when they really shouldn't go. But you know, if they're gonna allow, if they're gonna allow people in, into the stadiums, they just have to basically put the disclaimer out there and say, hey, if you're gonna go, we're not at risk for you for you getting any type of sickness in this. Uh, one good thing uh, is uh, Premier League's opening back up June 17th. Um, I know we're not huge soccer guys, but they're kind of doing a trial run for us because they're opening up earlier than all the R leagues. And we can kind of see, I don't know if they're going to do any fans, but if they do some fans, we can see how that works and they can kind of do a test run for us. Yeah, that's true. They, football has time. That is a nice mm -hmm. thing. But just what I'm thinking is like fans coming in, people are going to go tailgate. People oh, yeah. are going to show up. Like, you know, you're not going to be able to stop people from showing up at the stadium. From people will get together over football. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be able to prevent that, whether it's at home or whether it's out there in the in tailgating or wherever else. So I think, I think what's going to happen with that is you're going to see the concessions do a lot differently. Mm -hmm. So you may not be able to go up and stand in line and get a hot. Yeah. You may have to do it differently. Um, so these things will change. But as far as regulating the fans coming in, I think you, you just got to go with it. I mean, I've stood in those lines nut to butt on Sundays when I get there late, and uh, it's a horrible thing to do, but we're crunched in there trying to smash our way in. I don't see how you can, you're not gonna be able to do that. Um, mm -hmm. I can see the, I can see concessions not working for a little bit, to be honest with you. I yeah. can see them saying no concessions during the preseason game, see how that goes. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. But that's where they make a lot of their money, you know, but there are a lot of season ticket holders that go out there just for the game and bring their own stuff. That, that's, that's understood because that's a lot of money for season tickets, parking, et cetera. 
but maybe they should try that run. I think they may, at least for one home game to see. Let's just see what happens. Um, not BYOB, so to speak. I was I mean, about to ask, can they go BYOB? Not BYOB because, believe me, I got a lot of my friends that do that. All right, <laughs> they do that. But, uh, I mean, I think they'll just have to maybe just cut the concessions and um, see how that works. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think I think that's a that's a good compromise right there. I mean, uh, Tyler, I think you were the one that that told me this. I mean, they're they're talking about or you know, Governor Abbott's come out at this point and said that they can open up stadiums at 25% capacity at this point. So you may see something like that. The stadium's not at full capacity. Yeah, concessions just maybe shut that down. And I don't know, maybe maybe they can work something out where they can bring you know fans can bring a, a limited amount of things into the stadium. I know you're opening up a, again Pandora's box on that one, but if maybe they have a limit of you know four beers per person or something. I, I saw it was funny too. The players at least are taking it in stride. I know there was like an interview with Melvin Gordon yesterday, and they were like, "So you know, would you do it like with no players?" He's like, "Dude, we've already been we're in Los Angeles here. We're already playing with no no yeah. people in the stands. Oh, yeah, he's in Denver now, so yeah, he's." Yeah. Yeah. the shots at the Chargers at that point so yeah but man yeah you talk about you talk about a, a league benefiting from all this I mean football because they they're what if there's two there's gonna be two new stadiums opening up uh there's been a team that's completely relocated in Las Vegas and then of course the new stadium in Los Angeles so you know they're really reaping the benefits of being able to sit back and watch all of the other leagues basically write the playbook for this so it's going to be very interesting to see at this point. I really don't know what it's going to look like when it returns, but I can guarantee you I think football is going to probably have the best plan when it comes down to it. So it'll be interesting to see. Evan, you mentioned the uh, the players uh, taking a stride, but what about uh, you think LeBron James is going to stick by? He said, if there's no fans, I'm not playing. You think he's just going to hope we forget about that? Or LeBron remembers less of his political stances than Joe Biden. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Wow! Shots fired. I thought, yeah. I guess we're getting into the politics here, but no, no. I he, he's playing. He's one hundred percent going to play. So yeah, it'll yeah, be interesting. I he to see. Would. Yeah, I just re just re solidifies my thought process that Jordan's the best ever. Oh. When I see comments like that, I mean, I just I just don't like LeBron James in general. But after seeing how he's been the last two years, not just this last year, but last two years, and watching the. The uh, uh, last dance. I understand now who was the best player and who had the team involved. You know, so I'll leave it. There. I, I've been a I've been a huge proponent of LeBron James, but I'll say this: after watching the Jordan Last Dance documentary, what I'm not going to get into argument who was the greatest basketball player, but as far as who was more perceived as the greatest player of all time, I mean, Michael Jordan had just this. I don't know this ambiance, whatever you want to call it, that just surrounded him everywhere he went to Europe and everything. LeBron James has never been or never will be received the way that Michael Jordan was. I mean, I, I think the best way to compare it is if if you're going to make the argument that LeBron James is the greatest of all time, you have to kind of say, well, it's like comparing Babe Ruth to Ted Williams. P, you know, Ted Williams is probably a better player than Babe Ruth was, but people are always going to remember Babe Ruth over, over Ted Williams because there's just that that greatest of all time, the first guy that's really considered the greatest of all time by a wide margin, at least at that point. So. I was completely taken away by how how uh, Michael Jordan was perceived, and I know I, Tyler, Evan. I know y'all haven't watched that documentary, but you got to watch it. It's something else, man. It is something else. Going to Europe, having these players stop him and ask for autographs on the court—that'll never happen to LeBron James ever. It's just incredible. Oh man, but you know what? At, at any rate, I'm just ready for sports to get back on the field. You know, Chuck, uh, before we go, you know, it's been what? It's been about two months, two months since you came on. Okay. We, we've had a few shows. You know, we, we've never got those thoughts from, from you as far as the Texans go. You're rocking the Texans shirt right now. But I'll tell you what, go ahead and sum it up. Uh, give me, 
I'll give you what? One word to summarize the Texans offseason at this point. One word. Oh, wow. One word. Um, Give a sentence. Okay, yeah, sure. Say, are, 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 you, are, you, are you waiting to see are you waiting to see what happens with this? Or are you like, are you like I, I, my okay. boy, the suburban menace here, okay. and not giving him any credit okay, at all? Okay, I'll tell you what. I'm just, if you say O'Brien, I'm going to say crazy like a fox. And I'm going to say okay. it this way, okay. Um, look at the bad contracts he has given out. Do, do you all realize, and I kind of forgot about this fodder on the side. Did y'all realize we we re-signed Kami Fairbear for four years, sixteen million dollars? Yeah, that was that was rough. I forgot about that. Did you know that we signed Whitney Merciless for seven and fifty-five, seven years? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Uh, and everybody's worried about these 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 trades. Look at this. Actually, the clowny thing. I'm starting to come around on it. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can't have to. even make a deal. Nobody wants them. Maybe the second round choice. Okay, I get that. Uh, I see the DeAndre Hopkins probably should have kept that. Oh, actually, should have kept it. I can get that minutia and put it all together and be pissed off right now. But I'm starting to think, I said, well, I mean, who's really running the team? I'll tell you one person that should have been running this team that's not is Nick Casario. And I'm wondering what he thinks about this whole situation. Yeah. He faded away ever since the, the, uh, the controversy and the possible finding of tampering. So I'm wondering right now, and I get back to last season, we were talking about this before, that I believe that Cal McNair was give him a lot of rope, either to hang himself this year or next year. I think that right now he is going he's, – he's waffling. He's obviously can't do anything correctly. So go back to the Texans. I mean, I, best 8-8. Eight and eight. I'm looking at 4-12 and 12 only because I Oof. believe – I really – I'm really – look at the schedule. They should be 0-4. Uh, yeah, okay? if we're, yeah. Uh, be, as far as our first four games, they should yeah, be that. for sure. And so I don't think that uh, WR2s are going to get you through with Deshaun Watson. Maybe, maybe not. But I'm just looking at the money that was thrown around, the contracts that were assumed – and I, I, like I said, this could be either crazy like a fox or it's going to be a disaster. I'm not a firm believer in Dave Johnson totally, but I'll tell you what. I mean, if he, if he, do you think he's better than Carlos Hyde? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, there's an upgrade. You pay over pay. I get it. Do you think that Cobb and still? Oh, I think that's a better wide receiving core than they okay, had last year. Okay, so then, okay, that's good. Now, J.J. Uh, Watt just came out and gave his – Farewell, by the way. So he's not going to stay here. Wow, all right. I don't think he's staying here. He said, oh, I'm not going to ask for a contract extension. That was just a good man move. But in his mind, he's out. They're mm-hmm. doing a show together as brothers. He's out of here in two years. So you got to think of it one way, all right? So maybe crazy as a fox is we, shine, we sign Deshaun like we should and rebuild it that way. And then Watt walks. Then you got a lot of cap space this year, next year, and the following year. And you can cut Watt. Thank You're not going to be able to trade Chuck. him. Yes. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's crazy as a fox. I'm sort of, I'm not saying I'm coming around to it. But I could see a little bit of it. Chuck, I've been – man, I'm glad to finally have somebody that's somewhat on my side here. Yeah, I, I've been taking the heat from Evan and Steven for so long on this. I mean, yeah, the fact is the fact is, when it comes to the DeAndre Hopkins trade – and trust me, I'm not a Bill O'Brien apologist. But at the same time, those trades with, with Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins – Absolutely necessary. We talked about this. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't going to set foot on the field for a penny less than $20 million a year. They had to trade him. And as soon as that came out that he wanted that new contract, value plummets at that point. The contracts, I'm not going to defend the new contracts from Bill O'Brien because they're terrible. But at the same time, he has no general manager experience. What do you expect these guys to do? They're going to, of course, go out there and take advantage of him. I do, I, once again, let me back up on Bill O'Brien. I have no problem with losing D-Hop. I have no problem with cutting Jadavian. I have no problem with opening up cap space to they build around. Though. They they got a tra- they whatever, got a third, they, round, whatever, pick third round pick for him. I have no problem with redesigning your team over a top five quarterback, but I have problems with 
trying to cut and saying you're keeping cap space to make these moves and then signing D-grade wide receivers to $10 million contracts, kickers to $15 million deals, old linebackers to $12 million a year contracts. That's my issue, is if you're going to do the rebuild, go on and do it. Get the, get pieces in a position, get offensive linemen, other things to support Deshaun. I don't think you're doing that by signing Brandon Cooks to one-year deals. Okay, let me just ask you this real quick, because uh, we're up against it here. But before we go, so the fact is, if they give DeAndre Hopkins that new contract, they've got to cut guys. No, uh, get rid of D-Hop. I'm cool with getting rid of D-Hop. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're you're talking about these bad contracts that they gave out. Gave out. So if they're going to keep that on the books, it's either pay DeAndre Hopkins, cut guys like Kenny Stills. Who knows what the future of Will Fuller looks like? I mean, I think he's still in his rookie contract, so they might not pick up his fifth year option or wherever that's at. But you got you have that option, DeAndre Hopkins, and that's it. Versus they can trade DeAndre Hopkins, get in, and versus having him, they can have David Johnson, Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks. And they can have all these guys. And I mean, on top of that, Kenny Stills, they can cut him, save $7 million, and they don't even need him at this point. So I think the wide receiving core is in a better spot. And yeah, these contracts aren't great that he gave out, but at the same time, they're still not putting him in a place where they can't re-sign Deshaun Watson. The, the only thing that I would say that I really was disappointed in was letting DJ Reader walk. Yeah, that, that was so a little bit of a problem there. You had to, though. I mean, I just not sure. I don't think they had the I had to, I to pay Brandon Cooks and Kai Forbath. That's my problem. Okay, yeah, yeah th- that's the only that's the only hiccup. But like I said, though, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm kind of getting it a little bit. Um, the only thing is, yeah, I understand that DeAndre Hopkins, I, you could hold on to him, but then eventually this was going to happen. And he just, he's on the second year of his contract extension or third year. He's either completed the second or is on his third or something of that nature. And he's already asked for more money. Plus, he brings his baby mama around too much, apparently. So, I mean, I'm a, like I said, I'll say it again. Crazy like a fox. We'll see what happens. But you better sign, uh, you better sign a Watson right away to get that done because the natives are getting restless. Yep. Um, but you got Tunsil. They have a good offensive line. I'm actually going to be impressed with the offensive much line. Much better spot than it yes, was last yes. year. Yes, yes. So, you might have overpaid for Tunsil three years. But, hey, you know, he, he set the market in a bad way for everybody else. But like I said, we'll see. Crazy as a fox. We may have to take a 4-12 and 12 and 8-8. Eight and eight, But, uh, you know, we're yep. in a better position cap-wise soon. Yep. Well, guys, we are up against it. Chuck, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm at least going to wait and let it play out for, for Bill O'Brien before I say that he's bad. He's doing a bad job at this point. But I, at this point, I think he's doing everything he can as far as general manager and coach. Well, guys, that is it. That is all the time that we have for today. Chuck, glad to have you back on. Hopefully, we're going to have you back next week. Hopefully, we'll be at the point where we can talk about the NBA returning and baseballs. Hopefully, a little bit, a little bit ah, closer. Baseballs gone. I think it might be gone Adios. as well. Adios. Yeah. Well, Evan, Suburban Menace, thank you for coming on. Tyler, the other roommate here, of course. As always, guys, thank you for coming on. Uh, been a great show. We're going to be back at it next week. Hopefully, we'll be back at it next week. Stephen won't be back on until mid June, so you know, Stephen. You got to find a way to sneak out of the house and get on the show with us. I mean, this is we're we're all risking it out here, of course, for the for the public, for the local Clear Lake media out here. We are we are making sacrifices by being in here. Now I'm just playing out there, of course. Thank you all to all the first responders, everybody out there on the front lines of this. Uh, again, tune in next week. We'll have more for you. You've been listening to Wildcard Sports on Clear Lake Today Radio.